you very much for taking part in this uh, podcast from the Joint European Neonatal Studies meeting in Venice. The paper we're discussing is the findings of the CORE trial, uh, and it's a randomised trial of cord clamping and stabilisation uh, at a very preterm birth. So I'll get you to introduce yourselves and then we'll take the conversations from there. Okay, so I'm John Dorling, I'm a neonatologist and clinical academic in Nottingham. Uh, my name is Sam Oddy. I'm a neonatologist in Bradford, West Yorkshire, and uh, I, I do some academic stuff alongside my clinical role. Yeah, so thank you both very much for, for your time. Uh, I'll go to you, John, first. Um, could you just give us a very brief sort of introduction, outline to this whole topic of cord clamping? Okay, so essentially, historically, um, we changed from leaving the cord intact and allowing blood to come from the placenta into the baby in the 70s when obstetricians um, started to want to manage labour actively. They particularly wanted to stop um, peripartum haemorrhage and so they started to give drugs to cause the uterus to contract um, and started clamping the cord to stop the blood rushing through to the baby because they thought that would be harmful. Um, But as time's gone on we've started to realise that there may well be benefit from leaving the cord intact and allowing the blood transfusion to take place and there's increasing evidence that's a good thing for the baby Um, and there's some quite interesting stuff that's just come out so it does look like there's some benefit particularly in terms of survival for the baby to get that bolus of blood originally the idea was that the the bolus of blood might make the cardiovascular transfer um, from the in utero to the ex utero environment more stable and therefore the baby wouldn't necessarily get intraventricular hemorrhage in quite the same way that we obviously see. Um, so that was the, the original premise but it does look like it has an effect on mortality which is really exciting. And we'll get into sort of teasing that apart a little bit. Sam, if I could ask you just to describe briefly the CORD trial, what was it intending to do? What were the methods? How many patients did you have? What was recruitment like? So, so we set out uh, to conduct the CORD trial initially as a pilot trial. We hoped that we would be able to take that into a much larger trial. And as readers of the uh, article will be aware, we weren't successful in obtaining funding to take that all the way into a large trial. So it ended up um, being a trial of, of, of over 200 patients, but, but not the much larger trial that we'd intended. Um, we set out to do a trial of um, stabilisation of the baby with the cord intact versus standard management, which was for the trial centres was typically immediate, um, was clamping immediately after the baby was born. Um, and that, that went well. Um, recruitment was good. We used an ascent process to get the women to join, to allow women to join the study who wouldn't otherwise have been able to. And that's one of the features of our study that makes it more more applicable to the existing literature at the time we planned the study. John, the, I think that the intervention, what you actually did in, in the trial, will become important when we go on to discuss other, other measures. So what was particularly unique about your trial, well, the, sorry, you as a group of collaborators' trial, yeah, sure. that was perhaps different to other, because when people understand about cord, delayed cord clamping, there are various you know, people have all sorts of ideas and cord milking and um, timing and all, all sorts of other things. So what made your intervention, what was your specific intervention? Because I think that will become important in the discussion. There's only one previous trial, and that was small, that has done this, but we, we provided full stabilisation for the baby with the cord intact. So we provided the normal approach of stimulation 
and then providing oxygen, providing breathing support as the babies needed it. Um, next to the mother, so we used standard resuscitators. We also used a, a trolley that was developed through the program grant that funded our work um, called the Lifestyle Trolley to allow the baby to be resuscitated next to the mother. Protocol provided for that, didn't it? It's not the case that everybody took up that, that no. aspect of the protocol, so the adherence to, to the intervention wasn't wasn't complete, as is very common in deferred cord clamping trials. Yeah. And the timing of the cord clamping, obviously the, I think the unique bit of your study is that the, the stabilisation, so the, sort of, I assume the active, you know, establishment of functional resistance capacity and everything else you would do with a, a very preteen baby was carried out in conjunction with a period of delayed yeah, absolutely. Unless people felt that they needed to come the cord and move the baby so that they could put umbilical catheters in and give drugs and things like that, or they needed more access to do massage or, or other things. And like what that. was the timing of the of the delay? So when was the cord clamped? I suppose we aim to um, deliver at least two minutes of deferred cord clamping. Okay. Um, and the median time to delay was, was 120 seconds. So, yeah. so the the although some babies got the cord clamped immediately in the deferred cord clamping group, the median day was 120 seconds, so that was a great success. Yeah. yeah, and that sort of really takes us on, I suppose, to the results of the, of the study. Could you just give us a quick line, um, or no, actually give us a long line if you feel that that's, that that's necessary, but... Um, um, well, I guess it's reasonable to point out that we started out with, without a, um, without a, there isn't a pre-specified primary outcome, but I think the key result is that there, there were less deaths in the deferred cord clamping group. And we can be more or less confident about whether that's, statistic, whether that's important and the statistical significance around that. But when taken together with other studies, different conclusions may or may not be reached. So, less deaths. Um, no difference in IVH. No important difference in other, in other outcomes. So, uh, that, seems, that seems very important. But important to remember that it was a, designed as a pilot study without a... Uh, the number of patients calculated without a concealment and all that, all that, all that kind of stuff. That, that's right, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's worth saying that we calculated what our sample size should be and we had over 2,000 okay. planned, so we did 276, I think, so significantly less than that. Um, so we have to take our results with that in mind. Yes, and obviously the direction of travel with your group and the study was that this was a pilot, this will go on, and I think the last line in your conclusion is this should lead on to a larger randomised control trial. Now, the elephant in the room, and I suppose to point out for people who are listening, there isn't actually an elephant in the room, but um, the metaphorical elephant in the room is that the APT study has just been published in the New England Journal of Medicine, the, the Australian Placental Transfer Study. Um, and I, I suppose at a first glance, it's a large randomised control trial of delayed cord camping. This is an extension of, of what, what you were doing, yes? It's very similar, but it's not really the same thing. <laughs> so the key difference between our study and APTS is that we intended to live, deliver resuscitation with the cord intact, and in APTS it was more like a trial built on the hypothesis that placental transfusion is the means by which babies and mothers might get benefit, whereas ours the hypothesis was much more that babies might get benefit by having the cord intact during the process of stabilisation. So. The interventions, just to make it clear, the interventions are very, very different, and I suppose that's why we laboured the, the conversation. So the OPTS intervention is holding the baby below the placenta for 60 seconds and not necessarily stimulating or doing anything unless you were very concerned about the baby. 
in which case the cord was clamped and then they had normal resuscitation. From, and perhaps you guys can correct me, my reading of that study is that they did 60 seconds of, of and then of the cord yeah. versus standard, which I think was less than 15 seconds. That's something like that. That's and right. they, they seemed to achieve, so they set up, they got the intervention that they set up, to, set up to achieve. Although some babies did require resuscitation, yeah. I think it was about an eighth of their population where they had to clamp the cord early, so... And they had about 1,600 patients, was that? The app study doesn't then give the answer that really you're looking for. You still have the direction of travel, you still have a randomised controlled trial that you would like to do. So I think the app study gives an answer. It does seem to suggest that there's benefit from mortality, um, and therefore it would be sensible to start out with the premise of doing deferred clamping, or delayed clamping, depending on what you want to call it. Um, but some babies require resuscitation, and it looks to us that you need a method um, for delivering that, and it would seem sensible and important to look to see whether there's any benefit from doing that with the cord intact. So that's perhaps the next step, is to look and see how we can deliver that for those babies that do need resuscitation. ABTS shows that immediate cord clamping is probably harmful. Mm. That's really the key thing. But we don't yet know whether how to manage deferred core clamping most effectively. Yeah. I think that's that's the trial that we probably need to think about. And John's been in groups negotiating about what how future trials might take place. Uh, I think I think it's key that if another large trial is funded in this area, that we really ask the right questions. And the work of Stuart Hooper and others is, in my mind, very. Uh, it's very important and I think they suggest that we need to give really detailed consideration to exactly what the interventions are. So I, I've, yeah. I've long felt that's the case and I'm reinforced in that view by what's been coming out in the last few weeks. So in terms of, of the evidence, just after the APTS study uh, was published, in fact a few days after the APTS was published, um, some members of the APTS group also published a, a systematic review and meta-analysis in the American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology. Um, on, on this topic. Um, John, do you want to sort of make comments um, to that? To that well, only that it does show that there's statistical benefit from doing delayed cord clamping if you look at all the trials in, in together. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I believe that we should be offering delayed clamping um, to all of the preterm babies. But I guess, John, you're still uncertain about how to manage the baby who requires resuscitation or is deemed to require resuscitation. What I wanted to point out was the fact that we have a paper that's being published in the Education and Practice Journal which shows how to deliver our intervention um, and we do need to assess whether that's um, something that adds additional benefit and for the babies that need resuscitating I think it could well do but we need to know whether all the additional equipment and training and, and all the discussions that you have to have with the multidisciplinary team bring additional benefit from the additional work and additional um, requirements that our method has. By your method, John, you mean either bringing the res traditional resuscitator alongside the woman at delivery or approaching the woman with a specialised trolley and delivering that first couple of minutes of infant stabilisation with the cord intact. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I think there is a third method. The third method is to deliver that with the baby on the mother's bed. Um, you just need to think about how you're going to sort out the issues of the baby becoming cold or possibly getting cold and, and providing some thermal care and how you're going to deliver the, the interventions that you want to do with stabilisation right next to the mother. Well, it's, it's certainly 
it seemed to be maybe a little while ago to, to perhaps to an average neonatologist like myself that, that the answer was sort of well within grasp, but it does feel like there are further um, clarification of actually what the best intervention is, and that might be some time off, and further international collaboration seems to be the, probably the way forward to, to doing that with a, yeah, a, absolutely. A, large, a large combined unified trial. Is that, is that what you're hoping for? Yeah, that's definitely what we're hoping for. So we're talking about doing a comparison of the APTS intervention with holding the baby below the placenta with providing stabilisation. Um, and as you say, because we've already seen benefit from the APTS approach, we would need a much, much bigger study to see improvements in outcome. So we would, I think, need really quite a big international collaborative effort to make this work and to show benefit. Um, for me, I, I think the trial probably needs to be about the breathe-first approach, stabilisation with the cord intact, against some level of deferral, perhaps the intervention that's in APTS, and that's probably most comparable to what how people are implementing deferred cord clamping in clinical practice in the UK at the moment. So, so I, I, for me, that's the comparison I'd like to see take place. Um, We'll, we'll uh, look forward to that. There's a, there's a lot of working out of the mechanics to do. We've learned a lot in the process of doing the study, and it's been it's been very very exciting. Um, there's lots more to learn, I think. And just one final question: um, In these kind of times where we know an answer is quite far off, people who are listening to this podcast will be going to work tomorrow. We're on the way to work at the minute. Um, and will be going to deliveries where they'll be handed a premature baby with a cord that's about to be clamped or a cord has been left intact. Do you have a very simple piece of advice? I'll ask you both the question of what we should be doing in this instance, in this sort of time of, of uncertainty where the evidence is emerging but not yet certain. So I think it's pretty clear that you should be doing a period of deferred clamping and a minute um, is what the APCS shows. So to me, I think that's definitely what we should be providing. We need to be assessing the baby though, and if they need resuscitation, then that's a different ball game, um, and we need to, to provide the resuscitation that they need. So I think it's a question of assessing the baby and providing it if they need it. I agree with what John said. It, it seems to me that if I'm handed the baby, the, my first question is how does the baby look? If the baby's breathing, then a period of deferral of a minute or more is clearly reasonable, and that'll be a change to my existing practice, which has been 30 seconds. I, um, where the baby is possibly breathing, it's much more challenging. When does the baby need stabilization or resuscitation? Those are, those are difficult times, and I think that's one of the things that things we'll need to learn more about in the next few years. So, um, John, Sam, thank you both very much for hopefully a, a, we'll find a very engaging discussion. And as always, people can engage with the discussion via Twitter, at ADC underscore FN. Uh, or via my Twitter at Jonathan underscore Davis3 or via the usual channels uh, on the ADC FN website. Thank you both very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.